Positive Aging with Patricia Raskin is the podcast that provides empowerment, inspiration, and education for older adults to thrive in their golden years. It's produced by Rhode Island PBS and made possible through the generous support from South Coast Health, Cochlear, Greenwood Credit Union, Bama Companies, and Balancing Life's Issues. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Aging. I'm Patricia Raskin. Today, we're talking about how to find love in our later years and how to keep our long-term relationships and marriages alive and thriving. Happiness is important at any age, but companionship plays a huge role in contributing to good quality of life and happiness as we get older. My guest today is Arielle Ford. She is a celebrated love and relationship expert, author, speaker, and is the co-creator and host of Evolving Wisdom's Art of Love series. Arielle Ford is the author of 11 books, including the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Turn Your Mate Into Your Soulmate, Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships, and she's often called the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. Welcome, Arielle. So great to have you on the program. Thanks, Patricia. It's nice to see you again. I know. You know, love, it's right up there with air and food and water and the most necessary of ingredients for existence. But yet it's one of the hardest things to find and even more challenging often in our older years. And we have all these negative beliefs, particularly about getting older. Well, you know, you're older. You can't really find anybody at this age. And if you have someone, hold on to them because, you know, you're not, it's going to be too hard. Yes. So, you know, or or I've been hurt. I'm not going to date again. I don't like online dating. Nothing works. So, Ariel, how do we change these negative beliefs and self-talk before we can even look at what we want? Um, I think the first thing to understand is that there's no shortage of love in the world. And there's no shortage of people desiring to have a long-term committed partner. And just because you don't know who they are or where they are or how you're going to find them doesn't mean that they're not out there also looking for you. So fortunately, in this day and age, it's never been easier to meet somebody at any age. But you have to be willing to set aside your negative Nancy thinking and your doubts and put some time and effort into it. Just like if you if you needed to find a job, you wouldn't sit on the couch moaning and bemoaning saying, oh, there's no more jobs out there for me. I'm never going to work again. You would know what to do and you would do it. And it's the same with dating. So what do you think is the most important thing people are looking for in relationships in their later years? Well, I think it's the same thing all around because what you need in order to make a relationship work is connection, compatibility, good communication, which can be learned, and most importantly, a shared vision for the future, wanting some of the same big things. Now, you don't have to want everything the same, but you need to have some shared common interests and you have to agree on certain things like how much time are we going to spend together? You know, if you're 75 and looking for somebody, do you want to live with them 24-7 or do you want to do what my stepmother did, which was absolutely brilliant? After my dad died 30 years ago, she called me one day and she said, she said, I'm ready for a new relationship. But she said, my first husband cheated on me and your dad, my second husband died on me. And now at this point in my life, I want somebody that I will see on Tuesday nights and weekends 
and then we'll go to Israel two weeks every year on vacation. That's the relationship I want. And did and you she, get it? She got it. It's now into wow. year 26. Wow. And the only thing that has changed wow. is that because he's now in his upper 80s, his adult kids have moved him closer to where they live to look out for him. And that is part of the reason why my stepmother, Judy, didn't want to live with somebody 24-7. At that point in her life, she was still active. She was working part-time, volunteering, children and grandchildren. And she wanted a committed companion, but not a live-in lover. Mm -hmm. So all different kinds of relationships is what you're saying. And not one size fits all. Exactly. Right. Creative. So what does it take to find the love in terms in your older years? Uh, should you go on a dating site, online, interest groups, senior living communities, walking your dog? Yes, 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 yes. All of those <laughs> things work. And, you know, I coach women over 50 to find love. That's my day job. And what I have found is dating online really works. Now, is dating online fun? No, it sucks. It's not fun at all. Is it a lot of work? Yes, but does it work? It does work if you know how to do it. And I have a free online dating guide that you can tell your listeners how to get, tells you everything to do. Uh, exploring your hobbies. I have one woman in her 60s, never married, always wanted to learn ballroom dancing, took up ballroom dancing and started dancing with this nice man named Colin. And after a year, they got engaged and we went to their wedding, you know, so doing activities that you like, joining social clubs, volunteering, going to bars still works, you know, and doing online dating, doing all of that totally increases your chances of finding love. This podcast is made possible in part by South Coast Health, a not-for-profit community-based health system that provides a clinical and caring experience to every life we touch in Southeastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island. To learn more, visit southcoast.org. You know, you talk about a series of processes called feelingizations, which actually you feel it so that the brain doesn't know the difference between whether you're really doing it or you're feeling it. Talk about how you can apply that REL to finding love. Well, first, let's differentiate what a visualization is from a feelingization, because a visualization is pretty pictures in your head. Oh, I want a new blue convertible BMW, and I see myself driving down the freeway, my hair's blowing in the wind, right? But on the feeling level, if you drop into your heart, I don't deserve it, I can't afford it, I'll never get one, which cancels out all the pretty pictures. So a feelingization is something that takes you from your head to your heart so you can be in the present now moment feeling what it feels like to have that which you desire so if it's love that you desire you drop into your heart and you call up past memories of love not necessarily romantic love but any kind of love love for a child love for a friend love for a pet and you spend time marinating in these feelings of aren't i blessed aren't i grateful for all the love I already have. And then that makes you magnetic to pulling in romantic love. Hmm. What about love that's old love, meaning relationships 30, 40, 50 years? Um, you know, are they the same old, same old? Can you breathe new life into them? Do people just at that age just kind of get used to each other and live with each other? What do you think? 
Well, I think it's all of that. I mean, anybody who thinks they're going to have the being in love feelings 30 years later is just simply delusional. The state of being in love is is nature's greatest drug high. It's a chemical high. It's your brain on you know, adrenaline and oxytocin and dopamine, and it feels great. But it's not what real mature adult love is. Real mature adult love is, is about that connection and that compatibility and be a witness to each other's lives and being your, your other person's best friend and safe place to land. And you breathe new life into it by having new adventures, by not doing the same thing every single Saturday morning, by dreaming up new fun things to do. Uh, and if you really want to bump up your sex life, here's one way to do it. And you're not probably not going to want to do it, but here's what works. If you do something with your partner that you both perceive as life-threatening, it will totally release all the hormones in your brain, just like when you were in love. So for instance, you could jump out of an airplane, go bungee jumping, um, you know, whitewater river rafting at level five, a roller coaster, a scary movie. Do something like that together and then book a hotel room for the trip home. And I promise you, you will have an amazing event. Now, Arielle, how about doing all those things when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, bungee jumping, whitewater rafting. You know, this is why they, they they have helmets and they have safety requirements and you just do them. I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't recommend rock climbing, right? There's certain things you don't want to do, but certainly um, you see pictures like, wasn't it former President Bush who jumped out of an airplane on his 90th birthday? I mean, there are safety things, in fact. I mean, like I said, they're scary, but that's the point. Mm, interesting. To get the adrenaline going. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, in your book, Wabi Sabi Love, what it talks about is illuminating the beauty of imperfection. So how do you apply that in long-term relationships? You know, when something just really bothers you about your partner, I mean, it just really bothers you and always has bothered you. Yes. How do you work through that? It's about um, changing your perspective. So I'll tell you a quick story that will explain it totally. So I have these friends, Jerry and Diane. They got married a little later in life. Jerry was 25 years older than Diane. They were both shrinks. But what Diane didn't know when they got married was that Jerry had an addiction. He was addicted to poppy seed bagels. And every single morning before Diane got out of bed, he would go in the kitchen, he would slice a poppy seed bagel to put it in the toaster, little black seeds would go all over her white tile floor. And then when he had the toasted bagel, he'd put a smear of cream cheese on it and walk around the kitchen eating his bagel, <laughs> dropping even more black seed. Every morning, Diane would get up and it was the same thing. She would wet a paper towel, she would get on her hands and knees, and she would wipe up the little black seeds. She did this because Jerry was too old to be doing this. Now, most mornings it wasn't a problem for her, but on one morning she was in a really bad mood. And as she was wiping up the little black seeds, she had this thought, what would have to happen so I'd never have to do this again? And then she realized it would mean Jerry was no longer with her. And in that moment of realization, every morning after that, as she wiped up the little black seeds, her heart would fill with love 
because the mm. siege now meant she had another day to spend with Jerry. Wow. What a beautiful story, Arielle. That's what wabi-sabi love is. It's a shift in perception. So whatever it is your partner's doing that you don't like, you've already talked to them a million times to get them to change. It's not, it hasn't changed. It's never going to change. Make up a new story. Make up a new story about what it means. This podcast is made possible in part by Cochlear, the global leader in implantable hearing solutions, helping people of all ages to hear and connect with life's opportunities. To learn more, visit www.cochlear.us aging. You also talk about that when you're, you know, having issues in your relationship, that changing your partner may not be the answer, even though you think it is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because of some real statistics. Most of us already know that in first marriages, 50% of them end in divorce. But what almost nobody knows is that 62% of second marriages and 71% of third marriages end in divorce. Now, why is that? It's because you're the same person in every relationship. You're thinking that, oh, if only they would change, then things would be better. But the truth is we bring ourselves along in all relationships. So until we grow and change and be more, more loving and kind and respectful and accepting, uh, chances are the next relationship won't work either. Ariel, talk about dealing with adult children of the person that you're dating, particularly as we're older, we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, our partner's going to have children and grandchildren most of the time. How do you deal with that? Um, you have to understand that it's not your job to coach your partner about how to deal with their children. Okay, those relationships are in cement chances are those relationships will always supersede the relationship they have with you. And you just have to put on your big girl panties or your big boy shorts and understand that there will be problems, you know, and if they're too much to, you know, if they're too much for you to handle, set, you know, strong boundaries. Don't go to every family event, you know, because the chances are they may not like your kids either. It's just part of the baggage that comes with life. Mm. You know, what I'm hearing you say in all of this, the underlying tone is you have to be your own person. You can't expect that person to make you happy, or certainly the companionship is wonderful, but you have to be happy in your own right. Yes, we are all personally responsible for our own happiness. And if we find a loving, fabulous, funny, fun to be with partner, well, that's icing on the cake. But first, we have to make ourselves happy. I'd like you to talk about some things that I hear a lot from people, and particularly people who are older, both men and women. I've tried online dating. You can't find anybody. Nobody's there. There's slim pickings. Again, as I said before, you know, I'm dating the same person. They're not perfect, but my friend told me I'm lucky that I have this person at this stage of my life. So I, I'd like you to really talk about online dating and about keeping your goals and vision strong, no matter what age you are. Right. Okay. So here's the truth. Online dating sucks. That's all there is to it. And 90 to 95% of the time, you're going to have a bad experience and you're not, you're not going to like what you're seeing and you're going to be, you know, catfished and ghosted and all of those things are going to happen. That's all true. And 
and you're only looking for one person. And it's like, you know, looking for a needle in a haystack, but it's a haystack filled with people who want the same thing you want. So it requires that you make a commitment. Just like, let's say you decided your doctor said, you know, Patricia, you don't, you need to exercise more. I want you walking 30 minutes every day or blah, blah, blah is going to happen to you. What are you going to do? You're going to go out and buy a pair of sneakers. You're going to figure out a route and you're going to start walking. Are you going to like it? No, you might even hate it, but your doctor's going to love it. And you're going to like it because you're going to start feeling better. It's the same thing. You need to commit to online dating. I say a minimum of 30 minutes every day going online and reaching out. You know, a lot of women sit back and they're waiting for the men to contact her. And the research shows that the women who have the most success online are the ones reaching out. And it's easy to do. And, you know, we don't have enough time for me to tell you all the ways to do it. Mm. But I can tell you, if you go to my website, soulmatesecret.com, soulmatesecret.com, it'll pop up for free. The online dating guide just pops up. You download it, you read it, follow the directions, and you will find lots of interesting people to date online. Okay. What about the men? I know you're talking a lot about the women, but in terms of men, I mean, are men also looking for women at this stage of life? And do they want to be protectors and caretakers and, and be there for the woman? All men want that. You know, I, I, when I'm talking about mostly straight men who've, you know, probably had some good relationships, they do. I mean, men want to make women happy. And they want to be told all the time how good they are that they are at making you happy. So one of the best things you can say to a man was, what a great idea. You're so brilliant. I feel so safe when I'm with you. You know, they, they need to hear this every day. And people say, well, I don't want to play that game. Sorry, this is just how it is. You know, we all want to get praise and appreciation for what we do. So you know, most men want to be with a woman, especially in their later years. Uh, and it's not because they're necessarily looking for a caretaker. They're looking for a companion. You know, they, they're used to having somebody in their life. They want to have somebody in their life. You want to have somebody in your life. So give them a chance. You know, if they don't show up as great on the first Zoom chat, give them a second Zoom chat. And if the second one FaceTime or Zoom chat goes well, then meet them for a coffee. But give people a chance to really show up as who they are. This podcast is made possible in part by Greenwood Credit Union, which offers locally based full service banking where our focus is on you. To learn more, visit greenwoodcu.org. You know, it's interesting, Ariel, because I've also heard stories about people older who, you know, are in a relationship, they get fed up with it and they break up. And then they take a pause, three weeks, a month. And I've seen these relationships turn around because all of a sudden they realize all these things they were fighting about, you know, the, the, the little things like, as you said, the poppy seed kind of story. They realize that they're mis really missing something. And I've watched relationships turn around like that, which surprises me and is often surprising because, you know, at some point you're so fed up with all the stuff, but there's something beneath that. And if you can get some distance, sometimes it makes a difference. What do you think? I totally agree. I think taking a timeout's a good thing to do. I don't think you have to make it a dramatic, well, we're going to separate kind of thing, you know, Book a, a two-week tour of Europe with your girlfriends. 
you know, go and find something else to do and give yourself a little space. The other thing that you can do is if you're in a long-term relationship and you're, you know, kind of one foot out the door, I would say, write your spouse a love letter, like sit down and dig into your memory and write all the things that had you fall in love with in the first place. And, you know, go year by year, a good memory from every year, all the things you still appreciate and respect about them. Just write this beautiful, beautiful letter, you know, no bitching, moaning aloud. And then put it in a gorgeous, I love you just because card, and then put the card somewhere where they're going to find it when you're not around and see what that does. Ariel, I've seen that work. Exactly what you're talking about. I've actually seen that work. And I think sometimes what happens is with all of the all of the stuff that people are arguing about, they've forgotten to talk about the good things. And when they see the good things, you're it really can turn the relationship around. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah, they actually did a study once and they showed that people with the best marriages often tell that their origin story, the how they met story. And that also really solidifies a relationship. Wow. Well, in the couple of minutes we have left, what would you like to leave our, our listeners with today in terms of how do you find and keep love in your older years, 50, 60, 70, 80, even today, 90? You know, I don't think age is as big a factor as everybody's placing on it. If you have the desire to have love in your life, then there are ways to make it happen now. And I don't know about you, I'm gonna be 70 in a few months, okay? But if you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Ariel, how old are you? I'd say I'm 36. So I may look 70, I may be 70, but inside internally, I'm still 36. And I'm guessing those 90 year olds out there are also feeling a lot younger. So I, you know, I wouldn't use age as an excuse. Okay, you, you have the same opportunities that 30 year olds have. It's just that, you know, okay, we're a little thinner and a little cuter when we're 30. But now we have life experience and we know what we want and we can have more clarity and we can be more fun. And we're not so stressed out about what's everybody going to think about me kind of stuff. So I would say, you know, just go for it. Just do it and have fun while you're doing it. Ariel, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for such a great interview. Really a pleasure. Positive Aging with Patricia Raskin is produced by Rhode Island PBS and made possible in part by South Coast Health, Cochlear, Greenwood Credit Union, Bama Companies, and Balancing Life's Issues. For more information, please visit ripbs.org slash positiveaging.